Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of your Dynasty League, the only league that counts. So I hope you're in the playoffs. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, joined as always by my co-host, Devin Rambo. Devin, why don't you say hi to everybody listening at home? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Devin. Ah, it's playoffs are here. So excited to get into it. We had an unbelievable amount. Nine out of ten people qualified for the playoffs. And the top six remained exactly the same. Everybody who had a chance to get in fucked it up. They blew it. Oh, just heartbreaking and crushing. But I'll tell you what's not heartbreaking. Your seven and five second wild card spot holding Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you. Please hold your applause. A terrific win against the hapless Browns. I didn't doubt it for a second. I didn't doubt it for one goddamn second. Oh, man, so much to talk about. So let's just start. Uh, what should we do? Let's start right there. Let's just start with our good old boys in the black and gold, the Browns and the Steelers. Oh, man. Wow. Just the defense is looking great and unstoppable. A little concerning to me is that they always seem to have these big games at home. They play decent on the road, but these big, amazing games at home are just, oh, man. Just to, just to kick the Browns out of the playoffs after all this nonsense, after I told every Browns fan in the world, I said, your ceiling is 9-7. and seven. And I said, the only way you win the division at 9-7 and seven is if it's, a, if it's a bloody division, if everybody is splitting. Now, that's not going to happen because of Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, we don't know how things would play out if Big Ben was here, right? I mean, the Steelers are 7-5 and five without him. So add Big Ben, add more of a passing attack. What does this team look like? Maybe amazing. Uh, and basically got fucked on a call where they could have beat the Ravens, could have been 8-5 and five right now, and currently holding a tiebreaker over the Ravens. So I don't want to hear any talk from any Ravens fans who are not listening to this podcast, but whatever. Um yeah, Freddie is just so fucking, I can't believe it. It's like they just grab this guy out of the dog pound and just like wipe the nacho cheese off his chin and gave him a clipboard. They're like, hey man, you be the Fred coach. Baker seems to like you. It's like, what? I don't get it at all. Baker hurts his hand. Chubb and Hunt, Hunt looks so fucking good. And they are just decimating the Steelers D-line, just pummeling through them. And the second half, where are they? He is Baker throwing every play. They weren't down that big. The Steelers are just controlling the ball, eating time. They get the ball. They're frantic. They're trying to make it happen. They're forcing it to Jarvis and Odell. It's not working. They're throwing it to, like, fucking backup tight ends. I just don't understand him at all. And I don't care about the Pittsburgh started it shirt. It's a little—I mean, Pittsburgh players wore stupid shirts, too, like, you know, free pouncy, whatever— I don't really care. I mean, from a head coach, it's a bad look. Let's be honest. It's just a little immature and childish. And that's from the beginning. I've said about Freddie Kitchens. Every time I hear him in a press conference, I, like he never strikes me as, oh, wow, that's a guy who's smart and knows what he's doing. He sounds childish. He sounds like just some fan. He's always like, oh, no, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's a direct quote. Um, unlike Ryan Day, who anytime I've ever heard him speak, I'm just like, holy shit, this guy is a leader of men. And he... He's a hard ass, and he's going to do incredible things, and he has, he has, he has. Well, I think it's safe to say, if you consider everything, a lot of times we overreact and we say, oh, who won that? Oh, it's so obvious. Who won the trade? Sometimes the big flashy trade when you grab a big-time player isn't as great as all the small stuff. Now, let's, let's just consider the fact that the 
the whole uh, Zeitler, Olivier Vernon, Jabril Peppers. Let's consider the fact that that was the first piece that needed to happen for the Giants to give up Odell. I know they happened about one day apart, but let's just assume that was a package deal because for all intents and purposes, I believe it was uh, part of the deal. The Browns lost by a mile. The Browns lost by a mile. When you look at the Browns, um, they had a stacked D-line. They did not need Olivier Vernon. They have a, at times, struggling offensive line, uh, particularly for pass protection. They needed their guard. They, I cannot, Zeitler, I can't remember the name of the guy that they drafted with the 33rd pick overall, first pick of the second round, essentially a first rounder. They wanted to replace Zeitler. They thought he could do it. He fucking sucked, and I'm pretty sure they traded him for a fifth. That is a huge, huge loss. Huge loss on the part of Dorsey. And Dorsey also, by the way, drafting Greedy 4, which I was definitely surprised with at the time. First game, I'm like, holy shit, this guy does have a lot of talent. Maybe I underestimated him. But he cannot stay on the field. He's just not healthy. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a benefit to have him. And you look at Jabril Peppers playing much better, and the Browns also need some secondary help because Greedy and Denzel Ward cannot stay on the field. So literally, in every category in this trade, they lose out. Now let's get to the centerpiece. Odell, but they got Odell. They have Odell under contract for two more years. Here's the thing. The last thing the Browns need is another pass catcher. I think some of the reason Jarvis obviously is having a good year is because everyone's just doubling up Odell. And they're like, no, Odell's not going to beat us. Throw it to Jarvis because we know Jarvis will only get 12 yards every time. But we know Odell can stretch the field and can get you a 60-yard touchdown. So give it to Jarvis. And, I mean, it's working. It's getting Jarvis open. But, like, why do you need another pass catcher? I mean, the, the young receivers were fine. Like, Hollywood Higgins was fine. And now you have Kareem Hunt back, who is essentially another pass catcher. You didn't need another pass catcher. And Odell is clearly not going to be happy. And let me tell you something. Most of his big-time mega deal was up front. It was heavily front-loaded. He's not making that much the next two years, which is a great, great thing for the Browns. You know, also the fact he's still like their highest-paid player and is barely producing. But I guarantee you, you're going to hear a rumor this summer, you heard it here first, that Odell is going to say he's not entirely happy with his contract and he wants a new, new deal done before the start of the following season. Okay, so he will play next year. He's not going to hold out, but he will start some rumors in the press that he's not happy with his contract. He wants to restructure. He understands he's had a difficult start, but he's going to bet on himself and prove it. I guarantee you that's going to happen, and I don't know if they're going to keep him long term. I don't know if you can, but oh my God. And to top it all off, for all of this, you get, a, you get two positions that you don't need any extra help in, and you lose out in two critical parts of the field where you desperately need more hands, you desperately need more talent, and you lose a first-round pick. And your pick is decently high right now, higher than the Steelers. Just think, just think of how much, not only is the Odell trade bad, that the Giants completely won that. I, I, I would say, I don't even care if Odell goes for 1,000 yards next season. I still think the Giants won that because this fucked up the Brown season. They didn't need Odell. They really did not. When I look at this team, all their deficiencies are in areas that they gave away to get Odell, which is not a needed supplement to their offense. When you think of all that, just imagine how much better the Minka Fitzpatrick trade is than that one. Oh my God, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer at this point. Glad they made it. Uh, Never doubted it for a second. Um, I just want to also make one public apology. This podcast is all about reflection, 
honesty. I'm feeling a little sick under the weather. Um, reflection, honesty, redemption, forgiveness, apologies, all those things. I need to apologize right here, right now to Mike Tomlin. I have never been too hard on Tomlin. Yes, okay, anybody that's like, oh my God, he's never had a losing season. Like Browns fans are always like, I can't believe the Steelers fans complain about their coach. He's never had a, you're allowed to complain about your coach. When your coach makes a time management mistake with timeouts or he makes a bad challenge, you're allowed to complain. That's being a fan. Pats fans complain about Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. If Belichick was alive during World War II, you better fucking hope he was an American because any country he was born into would have taken over the world. He's a maniacal genius, and the Pats fans still find a way to complain about him. They're still wondering why Malcolm Butler wasn't allowed to play in that Super Bowl, okay? Come on, you're allowed to as a fan. The one thing that I gave the knock on Tomlin was, I was like, yes, your players love you, but I think sometimes they take advantage of you and you need to reel them in. Well, now look at it. Now look at that undying loyalty. He has inspired these guys to believe they can win, and they're doing it, and it's amazing. And as a defensive guy, his defense is rising. They look up to him clearly. He's got this locker room under control. Now let's think about what's different this season. What's different? Well, Ben is not playing, but he's still there. He's clearly still a presence in the, in, in the team and is felt. But who is not there? Antonio Brown, number one. All those little things of him like FaceTiming in the locker room are thinking, Tomlin, come on, get him under control. But now, outside of the Steelers organization, bounced. Two teams couldn't handle him for more than like three weeks. Just think of how much under the cover, under the blanket shit was going on there that Tomlin and the Steelers organization successfully suppressed and didn't allow to get out to the public. Think about how much they were dealing with. So when we did see those little spurts of misbehavior, I'd say, come on, get, the, get, get a handle on this guy. What the fuck are you doing? I'm sorry. They clearly were doing a much better job than any of us knew. And Le'Veon Bell, I hate people that rope him into the same um, space as AB because, I mean, I just I don't see them like that. Like, Le'Veon bet on himself. He thought he was worth wide receiver money. Um, I don't think he was. I thought the Steelers deal that they offered him was pretty fair I get that it wasn't guaranteed but you have to also remember he had been suspended twice for drug abuse substances so when they say it's not guaranteed it's like yeah man if you get suspended we don't want to have to still be on the line to pay you because you're smoking weed again so I get that right so if you consider the fact of like hey as long as you don't get suspended here's what your guaranteed money is is pretty it was a fair deal and look at the Jets really I mean I don't know what you could say like well the Steelers tagged him so he lost a good year of his prime no, it's, it's clear either the Jets don't know how to use him or he's an incredible talent when he has the offensive line to support him, which you could say for basically any running back. Zeke is still good, but he was much better when the Cowboys O-line was fresher over the past couple years. It's just, it's, that's the major function of it, and the Jets don't have a good O-line. And they have honestly wasted way too much money on him, if you look at that team and what he's producing. But his presence, while I don't think it was disruptive in the same way that AB was, the whole like betting on yourself, it's kind of me versus the organization thing, it does cause a little rift with your teammates, and it's just not a good vibe. And now that those guys are out of there, this team is playing gangbusters. So Mike Tomlin, I am officially formally apologizing to you, sir. For any time when I saw some unrest in the locker room I assumed it was because you weren't strict enough now I am realizing it was just a couple of bad eggs and you 
prevented it from being much worse. So thank you, sir. Congratulations on a fantastic season. I don't care what happens if we make the playoffs, if we don't make the playoffs, we could lose every other fucking game. This has been one of my favorite Steelers seasons in a while. It's just been an up and down roller coaster. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of headline news, crazy shit. Unbelievable season. I've really loved it. Um, What's that, Dev? Well, yeah, I'll get to Duck. I can't... No. I... I'm sick. You don't want it. All right, guys. Devin says, he uh, brings up a good point. You know, did this whole thing for Mason. You got to do the same for Duck. You got to. All right, Devin, if you give me a beat, I'm a little sick, so, you know, pardon me, but let's see what we can come up with. All right, let's go. <coughs> underwater probably eating little fish or algae a call from a lover comes from overhead pop out and fly but no foul in sight must just be a false cry life flashes by shot out the damn sky I wrote one for Mason But that man tried my patience I'm busy And I don't write songs for free I'm not gonna write you a duck song Cause you asked for it Cause you need one You see I'm not gonna write you a duck song Cause you tell me Making plays and shit We're on our way To the wild card Game You got him for the season I'ma need a better reason To write you A duck song Today Today I learned the hard way Like the Browns say Backups aren't great I should know better But I'm drowning in duck feathers Heard their twisted words Mace hit him first Fitzpatrick was not worth the first But no, they can't kill my high They told me he can't toss Damn duck calls So tell me Why I'm rubbing this duck sauce On my balls I'm not gonna write you a duck song Cause you asked for it Cause you need one You see I'm not gonna write you a duck song Cause you tell me It's making plays and shit We're on our way To the wild card You got hope for the season, well I guess that's a good reason to write you a duck song today, honestly, expected a shit show, but now I see, this man's gone three and done, and I believe there's a way we can get 
get to the damn six seed So I'm gonna write you a duck song Cause you asked for it, cause you need one You see, of course I wrote you a duck song Cause you tell me he's making plays and shit Is that why you wanted a duck song? Cause you quacked for it, cause you need one You see, of course I wrote you a duck song Cause you tell me he's making plays and shit We're on our way, my god, the season is safe Your heart's gotta be in it, don't you doubt it For a minute long and three, he's going deep to Washington for the TD So I wrote you a duck song Today 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 Quack Wow, hold your applause, hold your applause Thank you very much Worked very hard on that even as I'm so sick, I can barely talk. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Well, let's get right back into it. Um, let's get into some waiver wire action. Heading into these playoffs before we cover the matchups that determine the playoffs. We had some interesting moves here. Eric capitalized on who dropped the MF and Vikings D. I don't recall, but Eric capitalized on that, picking them up for $5 a whiff. Nobody was interested. What in the hell? Devin, gra- or, sorry, Nate grabs Raheem Mostert for $4 after a big game where Tevin Coleman just vanished. What's happened to him over the past couple weeks? He beat my $0 bid. I'm out of money. That's all I can afford. Um, Nate, uh, or sorry, Matt, I'm so, I'm fucking sick. Matt grabs the Cowboys D for a dollar. Um, whiffing, nobody bid anything. Bill grabs Ryan Finley for zero dollars. I've been there before. Don't get your hopes up. And this fucking, uh, fucking Devin gets Matt Gay for zero dollars. And I, I bid a zero dollar bid on him too. Fuck. And now we're playing. Um, I get Eli Manning for zero dollars, beating out Matt's zero dollar bid. <laughs> Matt, if you want Eli back on your team, if you want that good luck with you throughout the playoffs, you know who to call. And finally, Matt gets Mason Crosby for $0. Not too interesting. Let's get into trade talk. There were only two trades this week. One I thought went a little under uh, under underreported was Devin giving James Conner to Bill for Singletary plus $11. I don't know if like Devin deserved any fab with that, any like cap space, because... Singletary, I mean, Connor like might just shut it down. Who knows when he's going to play? And the Steelers, uh, over the next couple weeks, they play the Bills and the Ravens in the playoffs. Uh, is that it? I don't know. But that's not like the best. That's not the best time for a running back. But Singletary is starting to is starting to spring up now. I think lifetime value. I don't know. They're kind of encroaching on each other, but I think most people would assume Connor is more valuable in Dynasty than Singletary to this point. So we haven't seen Singletary prove it over even like half of a season yet, even though Connor's been quite banged up. Um, but yeah, Bill is out of the playoffs, so he's basically trying to get more long-term pieces, give Devin a little quick quick boost through the playoffs. So that is a, 
I think that's a pretty even trade. Then I gave two second rounders, uh, my one this year, my one next year for Ryan Tannehill. I'm just a fucking, you know, a, a Bugs Bunny cartoon where you have a dam and holes start popping up like Cam Newton out for on injured reserve, put a finger in a hole on the dam, you know, plug the flooding. Uh, Matt Stafford out for the year with back injury, uh, plug another, put another finger in the hole, uh, spend $95 on Mason Rudolph gets one of the worst concussions I've ever seen in a huge brawl and then bench, plug a finger in the hole, uh, make a trade for Nick Foles, give T.Y. Hilton for Nick Foles, gets benched the next game, plug, put a finger in another hole and now trade two second round picks to Ryan Tannehill, put my last finger in the hole. My hand is fucking tired if this doesn't work out for me. I have no I had no shot going into the playoffs with just Lamar Jackson. As great as he's been, it's just unrealistic. So thank you, Billy, for doing that deal for me. I think it's good for Bill because he lost his first-round pick this year. Um, he clearly has some structural issues he wants to address, and he's going to need draft capital to do that. Plus, we don't know for sure Tannehill's going to be starting anywhere next year. So he's getting a lot of draft capital for what could be a loner, uh, but we'll have to see. So I thought that was pretty even all around. Let's get into the matchup roundup. We've wasted enough time. Um, so let's just get to my embarrassment. I had a win and get to a buy scenario. That's all I had to do was win after dropping 190 the week before. And Eric beat me 140.6 to 103.3, and he was a 35.9 dog. Nick Foles got benched right after I traded for him. I I knew he was in trouble because I go on the fucking Jaguars message boards. Yeah, I do that when I, before I trade for a player. And I saw just everybody asking to bench him. I was like, okay, come on. It's Tampa Bay. Everybody has lit them up. Daniel Jones lit him up. Like, give me something here. He's got to do something. And he didn't. Oh, Nick. How fucking could you? Well, it was more than just Nick Foles, unfortunately. Johnny Williams got benched. That that waiver wire magic wore off. Lockett posting a bagel after an injury uh, against a game where they just put up massive points. I needed a 30-point game. Try to salvage anything. And, fuck. I mean, I could have played Kenny G over Lockett. Put anybody in over Foles, basically. Snell, whoever, because he got me negative points. And Debo over almost any flex. And I could have won. I could have won. And I'm sorry, Devin, you have to play the next song. How to save a life. Where did I go wrong? I lost the game. Bells leak for that are not the same. Traded away all my best guys. Had I known how to save my bye, where did I go wrong? I lost the game. Bells leak for that are not the same. Traded away all my best guys. I lost my fucking mind. 
You know, and I hate to admit it, but it's not its not just about what I did wrong. It's also about what Eric's done right. So let's give him a little bit of credit here. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson and Dak helped. And, and seriously, Jack Doyle with 11 targets and a TD, this is the week you're going to choose to do that. And Robert Woods, this is the week you're going to get 19 targets and 172 yards. This is the fucking week. This week. God fucking damn it. But you know what? I lost it. And it's not about what Eric did right. It's about what I did wrong. And I wronged someone worse than you could ever imagine. The highest power possible. And today, I need to make another apology to he. Please, everybody open your books to uh, chapter 14-2. And let's give a prayer to the Bortle baby. Oh, Bortle baby and the Bortle one. I am sorry for changing my name to Duck Dynasty. It was simply a tribute, merely an, a slight, slight offering to the man who saved my Pittsburgh Steelers seasons. But now I see now how you might have interpreted that as me giving praise to a false idol. But believe me, I put no one on a shrine as I do the Bortled One and the Bortled Baby. And I know I started a Jags quarterback other than the bordled one, which is a heinous crime, but I had no other option. I had to do it. Please forgive me. Please show mercy on your faithful servant who has done nothing but preach your good word all throughout his dynasty career. And please give wind to my sails. Be the strength beneath my feet. Please do not punish me for these playoffs. I beg, I humbly beg your forgiveness, O bordled baby. And please, 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 wish me luck. Okay, that's enough. Matt and Nick, ah, this would have been huge, 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 huge if Nick could have won this one. Would have pushed Matt out of a bye. Ooh, and it would have uh, put Nick maybe into the playoffs. No, definitely, absolutely in the playoffs. Oh, no. Matt won 134.4 to 125.2 as a six-point favorite. It was the tightest match of the week. So, Nick, you win the So Close You Can Almost Taste It award. Give it up for him. So close you can almost taste it. And I hope that is some consolation to you, sir. Breeze is looking old as hell. We've been saying that, like, since last year, basically. Uh, Kyle Allen had a damn good game in spite of losing to the Redskins at home. So the Redskins have fired two coaches so far. Gee, fucking their own Gruden and Ron Rivera getting the getting the push out the door after that embarrassing loss. Terry McLaurin doing absolutely nothing. And you could have won if you had played David Moore over him. Not that you would expect David Moore to take up that vacuum targets that Tyler Lockett missed out on. Um, Aaron Jones, what an up and down year for the guy. I cannot get a good answer on if he's good or not. Like, Jamal Williams gets a respectable amount of work and does well with it. So like, if Aaron Jones was on a team all to himself, how good would he be? I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know on Matt's side. I can't fucking believe this. But, folks, Devontae Parker is going to win this man the league. He's going to. We fucked up. He got him for nothing. Nothing on the waivers. And he's going to win him this league. 
Ugh, you hate to see it. And Mike Williams, Devontae Parker and Mike Williams. Those are like, aside from, I don't know, John Ross and Corey Davis, the two guys that you point to to say, this is why you don't draft wide receivers that early because there's plenty of value in the later rounds. You don't know who will uh, pan out in the NFL. Really? That's just a cursed fucking game. I'm sorry, Nick. Um, now on to Bill versus Drew. Uh, Drew won this one. And if Bill had won, he'd be in the playoffs. Oh, another fuck up. Another fuck up. Right? Because even even me and Eric is a fuck up. Because Eric wins, he's still not in a bye. I mean, he's a little higher seated, but if I won, I'd be in a bye. Ugh. This is tough. Everybody fucked up. Drew won 120.1 to 108.9 as a 26 and a half point favorite. He's truly copying the Dolphins season. Every time, I think they've won in, I think they've won the same weeks too. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. Um, I mean, he, he really didn't even do that much. I mean, the, his both of his quarterbacks almost combined, no, combined, put up less than James White. So, and, and that was all garbage time. But, I mean, A.J. Brown, Darius Slayton, no fan, Jamison Crowder, DeAndre Hopkins. That's five guys he started. DeAndre Hopkins included. Combine those, eight points less than James White alone. Um, good Lord. So, like I said, this this cemented that Bill would not be in the playoffs and gave Dave his spot. Ouch! Ouch! On Bill's side, Tevin Coleman has been absolutely pathetic. Remember how I lamented on all those running backs I traded away? I don't feel so bad now, but I do feel bad that the ones I traded for aren't doing anything and Nick fucking falls. Whatever. Um, yeah, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Hunter Henry, DJ Chark, all scoring around five points. Not a big game. When Will Lutz is your second highest scorer, those playoffs just, they're, they're not in your sight, man. If he had played Sutton over any single flex, if he had just believed in Sutton, one of another one, him and DJ Chark, some of his great second or second or third year receiver, basically free waiver wire pickups, played over any flex besides Singletary or Boyd, he would have won it and gone to the playoffs. Ugh. Devin and Bob, another fuck up. Devin wins 145.9 to 125.4 as a 10-point dog. This pushed Bob out of the playoffs. Had Bob won this one, it was all his. But goddamn. Odell shut down by a lockdown Steelers defense. Wasn't worth the trade for the Browns, and it wasn't worth the trade that you made, buddy. And, I mean, Devontae and Edelman got hot. Brady felt himself a bit all in garbage time, all in garbage time, all in garbage time. Well, Devontae happens. It's like, if if you're going to play the Giants and Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for like a thousand fucking touchdowns, you know. I mean, and that's the thing about this is Devin's got Rodgers on the other side. So every Devontae... Adams touchdown it's like just more points for Rodgers um and I mean what he's got fucking Alan Lazard getting two touchdowns anybody's going to so if if Bob had just played so obvious the Eagles defense is playing Miami and they got they they were made to look foolish if he had played the Rams defense over the Eagles defense he's in the playoffs another huge fuck up um and on Devin's side we mentioned Rodgers and Wentz <laughs> going off question mark and a loss to the Dolphins and Darius Geis is alive oh my god for all the shit I gave this man for drafting him that high this could be the playoff push he was looking for Darius Geis of all people oh man the noose 
is like a fucking siren song to me at this point. I'm going to have to quit this league and this podcast. Um, let's go on to Nate and Dave. Uh, one that, 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 yeah, Dave, you fucked up again. I can't believe this. You're in the playoffs and you barely scored 100 that week. You fucking idiot. If you had just beaten Nate, then he's not in a bye, okay? Or wait, is he still? Because Matt and Eric won. No, he's not. God damn it. Fuck you. Nate wins 126.8 to 107.3. He was a six and a half point dog. He's keeping himself in the bye while Dave is doing his best Nate impression. Barely hitting 100. It's scoring that playoff spot. God damn it. I can't give him too much heat because I also scored like 100. Something's wrong with Kamara. I don't know. I got him in my other league and I'm genuinely concerned for this playoff stretch. Um, Jacobs just basically got game scripted out when you're down as big as the Raiders were. Um, I mean, Dave, Dave still could have won this one if he had played Alshon Jeffrey over um, Brandon Cooks, who I've been telling him to bench for weeks, and played Robbie Anderson over Sony, who he's been trying to trade and looks like shit. On Nate's side, oh man, he goes for the glory. He plays Rashad Penny on a fucking, I don't know, just pure trust that pushes him over the edge. And uh, nothing else that Nate did is really that interesting because, I mean, his team sucks, and he's in first place. All right, let's get to the standings. <sighs> Nate is in first place. Well, these are not just the standings. These are your playoff matchups. woo yeah. Nate is in first place at 10-3. and three. He's got the seventh most points scored. He is our king fraud pretender getting his bye. He's the fraud of the season. Congratulations, you fuckhead. Matt. Gets the next buy. He's in second place at 9-4 and four with the second most points score in the league. Not only did he win, which he had to do, but he had to hold his point lead over whoever won between me and Eric. If it was me, he wouldn't have come close. But because it was Eric, he holds on to his lead, and he has nine points on him. Can you believe that, Eric? Look back at all of your games. Anytime you fucked up putting in the wrong defense, the wrong kicker, the wrong tight end, the wrong flex, anything, nine more points would have gotten you a sweet, sweet buy. Oh, so close. You can almost taste it. So close, you can almost taste it. So, Eric is in third place at nine and four, but the third most points scored. He's so close to the buy, just has to eat him up on the inside. I'm in fourth place at eight and five the number one most points score in the league. By the way, Matt and Eric are up one spot, respectively, from last week because I'm down two. No one else moved. I've got 75 more points than second place. I've got 220 more points than the last person to make the playoffs, Dave. And I've got like 150, no, 170 more points than the guy in first place. But you know what? Last year, and, and Nick and Bob will get to you, I feel your pain, but come on. Look, last year, I was third in points scored, and I didn't even make the playoffs. Third, and I didn't make it. I'm first in points scored, and I'm in fourth place. I'm not even close to a bye. But that's because I get it. It's my league, and I'm held to a higher standard, Right? I don't have as, you know, you guys are given kind of like, you know, we just take an inch or two off the hurdles and then we start the race, you know, might get lifted a little bit. I'm not saying I, I get it, but sometimes it does suck. It is a pain. Uh, Devin uh, in fifth place at eight and five with the six most points scored. His um, holding on to the fruits of yesteryear, late stage capitalism at its finest, still making an appearance without really doing much of anything. But all these all these, all these, all these cogs in his machine might be might be gearing up for an impressive run 
which I'm very worried about. David gets our last playoff spot while losing. He's basically like the Cowboys. Like, no one thinks this guy is good. He can fucking lose crucial games and still be in the playoffs. He's 5-8. and eight. He's got the 8th most points scored. It's insane. Bill is in 7th place at 5-8. and eight. He's got the ninth most points scored. He's tied with Dave on the record and lost that playoff spot by 13.7. Yes, he had a win-and-in scenario, which he did not successfully do. But he just needed more, a little more points. He put Courtney Sutton in over any of these chumps that you had, and you're in the playoffs. That fucking hurts. Bob is in eighth place at four and nine with the fourth most points scored. Nick is in ninth place at four and nine with the fifth most points scored. I know how you feel, boys. It happened to me last year. Oh, it's a rough place to be in. And Drew, Drewby is in tenth place at three and ten. Got the tenth most points scored, but he's got another win, and he's heating up at the right time as he battles for that first overall pick. So let's preview these awesome fucking playoff matchups. There's a lot on the line, a lot of great games. Nate and Matt are on by, of course. Um, So that's pretty cool because Nate was first place going into the playoffs last year, and Matt was dead last. So the two of them getting a bye, there's something poetic and beautiful about that. We have Eric versus Dave, a great matchup because these two fucking hate each other. But me and Devin is a fantastic matchup. Right? Look at me, plugging all my fingers into these holes in the dam, trying to stop the flooding of a super flex. Every single quarterback I have dies. They just, everything I touch and love dies and crumples in my hands. Devin, completely stagnant for the past couple weeks, but now is when he heats up. Now is when his young guys are showing up and they have great matchups this week. We'll get to them. Also, he has my number one overall pick. So, I, I can't go, I can't go, one and done, because then the next round, I got nothing to play for. I I mean, I got to play for my second round pick. Well, I traded that away too. Fuck, I got nothing to play for the next round, okay? It's, the, it's this or nothing for me. And Devin, he's got to beat me down so he can get a higher pick. This fucking, oh, man. And and Bill and Bob in the first round um, playing each other, they don't, okay, sorry. So then in the shit playoffs, it's Bill and Bob. They're, this is the first of their two round matchups. You know, we'll add up their total points over the whole uh, time. They're playing for the third and fourth picks in every round. Neither of them have their first round pick. Bob doesn't have his second. So Bob is playing for the position of his third round pick, and Bill is playing for the position of his second round pick, which still matters, but I mean, not as much. Uh, and then finally, Nick and Drew going for the first overall pick. Um, it's a great matchup. And, you know, I'm not super surprised to see our expansion teams headed there. Uh, it is unfortunate, but it's a great opportunity for them to, you know, either way, they're going to get some top value in the draft next year and a very exciting draft as uh, we watch these college football playoffs, as it seems to be. Um, so I'm excited to see where these teams go. So a lot of great matchups. I got to consider what the match of the week is. It has to be me and Devin. There's so much on the line. Um, and it's just, it's just hilarious. Like how much... I, I beat up on Devin. Well, let, let, okay, let's let's do an official tally. So I beat up on Devin all of last year in the Scoop FM news, or sorry, the Scoop newsletter, talking about how old his team was and, you know, all that shit. This year I took so many shots at Eckler saying, okay, yeah, that's great. You're going to slip. You're going to slip. And he did, but not far enough to get out of the playoffs. Um, Darius Geis. I've made so many jokes at that draft pick's expense, and now he's blowing up. He's got another plus matchup this week coming up. Uh, 
Pettit versus Godwin last year. We were always arguing about who was the alpha in that league. And then I took, I, I traded for Debo right after the rookie draft, continuing that headspace battle. Um, and then we make the Lev trade together. He gives me Le'Veon Bell, who is sick and might not play this week against a great matchup in Miami, which blows for me. And then I give him Miles Sanders, who has a great matchup against the Giants this week and has been coming on a little bit. Oh my God. And at the end of it all, the night of the, I'll admit to you guys, the night of the startup draft, I went to Matt's house afterwards, played some video games and hung out. And I told everybody, I was really confident in my team. I got all these guys that I liked. But if there was one team I was really jealous of, it was Devin's. Devin, like a schoolyard crush, that's why I pick on you. Because I like you and I respect you. And that's why I asked you to be my co-host. And that's why I try to make trades with you and get you involved. But now that you're going to try to kick me out of the playoffs, I don't know what happened. And now I could have had a bye. But now I'm in fourth fucking place with the first most points scored. God damn it. I can't go on. How could this happen to me? God damn it. I hate this hobby. How could this happen to me? All right, regardless of my woes, and they are a plenty, um, yeah, there's a lot on the line for this matchup. So that's your match of the week. Uh, I hope I don't curse myself, and I hope that the Bortle baby is with me at my time of need. And both of us. Regardless of who wins this, both of us, Devin, listen up to this. You better be praying to the Bortle baby too, my friend. Because you better be fucking praying for Eric to win. Because if Eric wins, then the winner of our matchup gets to play Nate. (laughs) And not Matt. And I think everybody would want to play Nate instead of Matt. Um, Really hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. Anyways, we're nearing the end of our weekly payouts. And I owe $750 to Nick and $250 to someone else. I'll have to look back. Okay, really? Really? A fire on a Saturday while I'm doing a podcast? Fucking annoying. Um, anyways, um, so this la- one of this awards, one of our last awards of the season, is the Size Doesn't Matter Award. It's given to the person who wins by the least. You did it, okay? You, you, you lived another day, but not by much, but that's just enough. The size doesn't matter as long as you get the job done. And you come to the playoffs. Anyways, Matt and Nate, you're not officially playing, but I'd still advise you... I hate my computer. Anyways, Matt and Nate, you're not playing, but I'd still advise you. Set your lineups, and I'll count the two of you against each other. And then, you know, whoever uh, wins by the least on that, you know, that's it. So I want to end things on a positive note because we've had a lot of moody angst, a lot of regret, a lot of uh, apologies but hopefully redemption. So let's end things on a positive note um, until God opens the heaven's gates for all of us and we live in eternal peace and harmony together. Goodbye. Pens in my hand
Open up the dirty window Let the sun illuminate 